back to the David Glenn Show. In 30 minutes, we will have a special guest. She is headed to the Olympics in Tokyo next summer. And earlier this month, she became at what I consider the youthful age of 30, the oldest rookie swimmer from the United States ever to punch her ticket to the Olympics, or actually the oldest since 1908, which is close to ever in my book. Ashley Twitchell of Team USA via Duke University and the great state of North Carolina will be joining us live in about 30 minutes on my side of the glass, helping us perpetuate the fastest growing game show in all of sports radio. We call it the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. We bring it out once a year and only once a year for the month of July. We have happy customers sprinkled all over the great state of North Carolina. I have even mailed some prizes beyond our state boundaries. That's how it works. We want winners like Mike Singletary. We have asked you the greatest sports movies of all time. You have voted for them. We have about 50 of them that we sprinkle into the classic sports movie challenge each July. We are running out of days in July, which means we're running out of chances for you to win. Darren, I have been told with this particular movie, and we value our interns so much here at the David Glenn Show that we'd show them the list and we allow them to pick a movie from that list. Why? Because we then ask them unpaid interns to do the research required to dazzle us with fascinating yet little-known details about movies movies we think we know well we swear we know from a to z we might even quote with regularity and yet our interns continue to dig out these nuggets they tell me things about movies that i thought i knew better than anybody that i did not know i've been told on this particular movie if i say virtually anything about it I will give it away. Yeah. Uh, right? I will, I will simply say this. I personally, David Glenn, the host of the David Glenn Show, would have been wildly disappointed if we went through a year, in this case a month of classic sports movies, and did not dig out this one. I really can't say any more than that. Those who know me well know that, to me, this may be the Maybe the number one classic sports movie of all time. That's all the hits you get. Darren is queuing up the audio. The rules are these. He plays the audio. You are the first to correctly identify the name of that movie. Perhaps you want to dial in even before you hear it. I'll bet you I have listeners that could guess the name of this movie without hearing any audio. That would be a first. But that would violate the rules in the spirit of the competition. 1-800-849-2761. Darren Vaughn, have you queued it up? You had like 20 audio scenes to choose from for this one. You have a veritable potpourri of options for this classic sports movie. All right, we already have contestants. I'm sure we'll get more as soon as Darren plays this. Intern Tommy, representing with distinction, as always, the University of North Carolina, it's his task, and it's not an easy one, to dazzle us with details we didn't know about this classic sports movie. Tommy is queued up and ready to go. Darren's audio is queued up and ready to go. The lines are lighting up across the great state of North Carolina. Darren, go ahead with today's classic sports movie challenge. Everybody in the shower! Anybody in the shower in 10 seconds going to get fined $100? One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi, ten Mississippi. You guys, you lollygagged the ball around the infield. You lollygagged your way down to first. 
Get out of there. Get him out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you? Larry? Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. <laughs> What's our record, Larry? Eight and 16? Eight and 16. How'd we ever win eight? <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> this is a simple game. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. <laughs> you catch the ball. You got it? <laughs> All right, if there's anybody in my statewide listening audience that does not have the ability to correctly identify this classic sports movie, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. We love you as a listener either way. This is, I believe, required viewing just for us to sign the paperwork of the interns. There are so many life lessons therein. This might be one of the greatest movies of all time, much less the classic sports movies of all time. In fact, I believe there was a recent right in our backyard celebration of not only this movie, but that scene from this movie. And I mean right here nearby, not far from the DG Show studios. Is it Rocco in Raleigh? Rocco gets the first chance at today's classic sports movie challenge. Rocco, can you name that classic sports movie? I actually cannot. I'm, uh, I don't think I've seen that one, man. <laughs> no, that can't be true. <laughs> that can't be true. I'm glad Rocco has a sense of humor. I believe he is pulling our leg. Do you know this classic sports movie? Can you replay it? Yeah. Is, is he really pulling our leg for dramatic effect here, or is he not sure? All right. Um, I'm not allowed to give any more hints. Darren, go ahead and queue up. You have a, do you, are you going to queue up the same scene for Rocco? All right, go ahead. You lollygag There's the ball around the going on here. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. All right, Rocco, can you, as they said in the old game show, name that tune? I don't. I don't. I really don't know. I, I, all right. We we still welcome you as a DG Show listener. Are, are you new to North Carolina, Rocco? Are you a transplant? I am not. I mean, is it is it Bull Durham? It is Bull Durham. It is Bull Durham. Yes, it is. Uh, maybe that was the hint in itself. I don't know. Anybody who's a resident of our state for any length of time better know the Durham Bulls and better know the movie Bull Durham. Rocco, you had me worried for you for a while, but you pulled it out in the end. Those are some Bill Raftery-style onions. <laughs> you stay on the line. We'll tell you how to claim your prize. Rocco, I believe, was the only person who called prior to hearing the audio. He was, yeah. Uh, how did you pick that one, Darren? Just because you know I like it that much, you well, had like 10 to choose from. Yeah, I, th I, I think I literally have 10 or 12 pulled up right now, actually. But uh, no, that one's a classic. It also, I, I wanted to make it a little bit more difficult with no Kevin Costner. Costner would have given it away, right? I mean, I, I think that's the case. I think you're correct. Uh, and there's about eight just between, <laughs> just exchanges between him and and Nuke Lelouch. Intern Tommy representing UNC is in the house. This is a tall task, young man. You have never let us down before, but as we come to the end of the month of July and the end almost of this year's Classic Sports Movie Challenge series, I know almost everything there is to know about the movie Bull Durham. I mean, you're working against 30-plus years of history. I, as a young journalist, covered Durham Bulls baseball games while meeting the people who put together the movie Bull Durham. 
maybe he still found dazzling details that I didn't know. I'm certain after Rocco's performance that some of our listeners will learn a lot, maybe even about the name of the show. Uh, intern Tommy, give us dazzling detail number one on this classic sports movie, Bull Durham. Well, as you know, a not-so-dazzling detail is it follows a minor league baseball team. One of the more dazzling parts about it, though, is some of the intricacies that writer and director Ron Shelton were able to put in to the movie because he spent time as a minor league baseball yes. player himself. That's From 61, one. or excuse me, 1967 to 71, he uh, was in the Baltimore Orioles organization. He made it to AAA, same level as the Durham Bulls, I believe. Um, but never to the majors. Nowadays, he never broke nowadays through. the Bulls yeah. are AAA. Very well done. For but, the record, Darren, Tommy's bar, Tommy's report card is really entertaining the state of North Carolina. Most days, I need them to entertain me as well. I'm kind of standing in for the audience. There's really no way to dazzle me. There's just no way. It's too high of a bar. It, it, would, be, it would be like trying to pass a test when it's in a foreign language. Right? That's just unfair. You might know that it's the material, but if you don't know that language, how are you going to pass the test? Uh, go ahead and continue your thought there. By the way, Darren, would you and I have been able to pull off the lollygagger scene instead of playing the actual audio? If I just said to you, you guys, and we talk to the interns this way a lot, you lollygag the ball around the infield. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. What's our record, Larry? Eight and 16. Eight and 16. How'd we ever win eight? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it, interns? All right, sorry, Tommy. <laughs> I was just a diversion. I, I can channel my inner Bull Durham pretty much any day, anytime. I celebrate the Annie Savoy people and characters of the world. My wife has a little Annie Savoy in her. I would agree to that. Talented yeah. Maria, right? Very spiritual, beautiful, thoughtful, interesting. That's probably all I should go into detail because Annie has a lot more to offer than that, as all viewers of Bull Durham are aware. All right, I've distracted intern Tommy now. On to his next dazzling detail. Well, this is still sort of part of the same one. Okay. So his minor league um, experience sort of touches into the movie in a couple different ways. For one, Crash Davis wears number eight. That was Shelton's oh, cool. number in the minors. I did not know that. But also the rainout scene where they turn on the sprinklers and all that kind of stuff to try to get the game rained out. I love this. That actually happened. Yes, he was a part of a game where <laughs> it was the final game of the season. He was in the Texas League playing in Amarillo. <laughs> and both of the teams were out having fun one night, like I said, before the last game of the season and decided they didn't want to end the, end the year. So they go, they turn on the sprinklers, soak the field. But unfortunately for them, the field owner rented a helicopter, dried the field, and they had to play the game. So for them, it did not work out so well. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. But Crash, there's not, there's not a cloud in the sky. Oh, I can get us a rain out. I can get us a rain out. Intern Tommy, continue with your dazzling details. So also Crash Davis was a real person who played in the Carolina League 
and even for the Durham Bulls. In the 1940s, he was a second baseman for them. And I believe they were just scouring the records. They found this guy and originally thought that he was dead because I guess he played so long ago. Right. Guy comes forward. They have to talk about it. And they all, Crash Davis only allows them to use his name on the condition that his namesake, Kevin Costner's character, gets the girl in the end, which, of course, <laughs> he does. So they were able to use Crash Davis's name That's in the movie. That's one of the great Love contract demands yeah. in the history of contract <laughs> demands right there. Very well done. I, I do know most of these details just because I'm sick about this stuff, but they're dazzling. There's no doubt they're dazzling. Well done, Tommy. What else do you have for us? There was also a current Durham Bulls-like feel and involvement with the uh, – movie itself from the actual team the manager grady little had a minor part um as a quote-unquote baseball trainer he's yep. in the credits yeah and also uh tom mount was a producer on the film and he was a part owner of the bulls at the time um can i do you have anything about a, an actual real world sports media person in, in your dazzling details I don't okay. think I do. Somebody that I knew, I mean, I'm talking in the way back machine. I'm working at the Durham Herald Sun in the late 1980s as a guy paying off college and trying to make money for law school. And there was a guy named Kip Coons who covered a lot of things, including the Durham Bulls, for the Durham Herald Sun newspaper. In Bull Durham, the real Kip Coons is in one of those scenes, just like you're talking about with Tom Mount and those other examples. And by the way, since he brought up that there is a real-world Crash Davis, we talk about winning bar bets a lot. I mean, our listeners have essentially paid for their kids' college tuitions simply by executing bar bets you can't lose ideas here at the David Glenn Show. Maybe if you have a lot of kids, we haven't gotten all those tuition bills paid. But here's another one. Did you know that Archibald Moonlight Graham, from the Field of Dreams movie right. and Crash Davis from today's Bull Durham classic sports movie are both were both actual people and both have connections to the great state of North Carolina. Crash as a Bulls player, Archie for different reasons, but a lot of people just think that they're fictional characters. So you double down on that. They were real people and connections to our great state. I don't know. I think we can have, Maria and I can have a third kid and send them to college just on the proceeds. Intern Tommy with more dazzling details on Bull Durham. So as you know, one thing all movies need is plenty of extras. There's yep. lots of crowds. There's people that you need just to sort of play random silent roles. Dur Bull Durham was no different. And one time, film crews needed more than they had. So they picked up. They went over just down the road to Chapel Hill. And they hired a bunch of people from a Pink Floyd concert to come stand in as extras. So if you watch closely throughout the movie, you'll see some people wearing Dark Side of the Moon shirts. That's because they came literally directly from a Pink Floyd concert in Chapel Hill. That's awesome. Wait, what? Do you know what scenes th that is? Or what I couldn't scene? find which scene specifically, but it seemed like they were sort of sprinkled throughout the movie. Okay, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that. That one's, that's, that's great. That's you know, fascinating. You know what's funny? I think, Darren, I don't want to put these guys on the spot, but you would just summarize that the interns look at us as of course youthful exuberant leaders god i hope so to them as interns <laughs> even though in some cases i am more than double their age this will make them think of me as an old man 
but I was around in the triangle in 1988 when Bull Durham was being made in the triangle in 1988. That's really scary. You could have been one of those extras in a pink Floyd I could have been. I'm not sure what I was doing at the time, <laughs> but I've obviously I know this film to its roots. Like I can remember when it was a big deal to have camera crews in the triangle in 1988. I didn't get to the state until 87. In the fall of 87 or summer. And then, lo and behold, here comes this thing that we knew was cool, but we had a, no idea at the time. I mean, you don't know. You're not even sure how it's going to look on the silver screen. And then it comes out, and you're like, man, this is special. And then eventually you knew you had a cult classic on your hands. Uh, does that make me sound old to you, Tommy? No, no, no I don't that, think That's so. the correct answer. On to your next dazzling detail. So this one, Darren has some more audio for us. But the famous scene when they're talking on the mound and none of their conversation is really about Ooh, baseball, okay? Yes. Um, one, they're talking about wedding gifts and a cursed glove <laughs> and needing to get a McChicken or something like that. The quintessential mound visit, oh, right? It it's never it? about pitching. It is. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the most famous mound visit, fact or fictional, of all time, right? And you have an audio daily double, Tommy says, to go with this. Yes, sir. Nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, camel sticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware patch. Okay, let's get two. Here we go. <laughs> oh, okay, the, let's get two. <laughs> the inimitable Robert Wall. Very well done. So what do you have on that scene? So that game-settling, mound-pitcher-settling conversation was totally ad-lib. He went out there. I have no idea what he was actually supposed to say, but he goes out there with gifts, gift ideas and gift registry ideas, and that's how the whole mound visit is resolved. You could win a bar bet with that. Wall ad-libbed that whole scene. None of that was in the script, from candlesticks to Millie and all the rest. That's extreme. Is that the best ad-lib in the history of our classic sports movies? It might be. Well done. That's a dazzling detail. In turn, Tommy, what else do you have? So there's just one more, and this is a sad fact, but I feel it's something that if you don't know and you do enjoy the movie, you should know this. Trey Wilson, who was the actor who played the manager of the Bulls, unfortunately... Just seven months or so after the movie's release, just days before his 41st birthday, he passed away with cerebral hem oh, hemorrhage. I did not know that. Maybe I blocked that piece of trivia out of my mind. That is sad. So, yeah, just not even a year after the movie was out and just before he was about to turn 41, he suddenly uh, he suddenly died. So I've, I believe the Bulls, I can't remember, I can't find it on my computer anymore, but I believe that they did do something on one of the film's anniversaries to honor the actor but don't quote me on that I'm not so, so that we don't have to end with death darren do you have another piece of audio to dig out i know you had so many to choose from give us another piece of audio from this the sports classic bull durham you're gonna have to learn your cliches you're gonna have to study them you're gonna have to know them they're your friends write this down as it turns out tommy doesn't want to end with death either he has one more dazzling detail yeah so one other thing about the movie is that it was set during baseball season. It was set during the summer. You're supposed to supposed to be hot, green grass, all that good stuff. But because it was a baseball movie and they were using the real fields, they weren't able to shoot until um, September and October. So to compensate for that, they had to paint some of the grass. They shot a lot of scenes at night, so you couldn't see darker leaves and that kind of thing. But also one th failing they had there is there are certain night scenes where you can see actors breath as they talk which obviously is abnormal for 
um, a yes. summer atmosphere. Yeah, you're giving me a real flashback now because come to think of it, it's a 1988 release, which means fall of 87 production. And when did I move to North Carolina? The fall of 1987. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I was just getting settled. Otherwise, I would have wiggled into being an extra. <laughs> I would have stood next to Kip Coons in the Bulls locker room just looking like a youthfully exuberant young reporter. Wouldn't that have been fun? That's good work. It was a high bar, intern Tommy. Thank you for getting us rolling earlier this month on the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. And thank you for delivering and not ending with a sad death as your final dazzling detail. Darren, do you have one more that you need to cue us up with? On our outtake, we do have a Team USA Olympian swimmer from Duke and the great state of North Carolina. Ashley Twitchell's going to drop by in about 12 minutes. One more bull, Durham. I do. I have the ultimate Crash Davis moment for you here. Lay it on us. Well, I believe in the soul. Oh, yes, you the do. The smile of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. You think I've ever given that montage myself i know that one word for word as well and that is one of the classics i think in classic scenes classic deliveries in the history of classic sports movies very well done kevin costner as crash davis very well done intern tommy representing the university of north carolina u.s olympian ashley twitchell is the oldest rookie swimmer from the united states to make the olympics since 1908 she joins us live in about 10 minutes or 12 minutes. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. More NFL, more of Ron Rivera and Cam Newton in their own words from Spartanburg, South Carolina and Panthers camp. You can jump in on the Major League Baseball trade deadline, U.S. Soccer Federation, golf or other headlines of the day. It's kind of a last call for phone calls before we have one more great guest. 1-800-849-2761. I could just keep talking Bull Durham next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. As a player grows, your, your game has to change. When you get old, you know, you have to change certain things. It, it kind of keeps you young, and I actually look forward to it. I embrace this whole process because it, it made me feel like I, I, I felt like a rookie again. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That's Cam Newton live from Spartanburg via Peter King of NBC Sports. Ron Rivera, Luke Keekley in their own words today as well. Ashley Twitchell is a Duke grad and one of the first people to qualify for Team USA at next summer's Olympics in Tokyo. She joins us live in about five minutes, recently turned 30 years old, and she is the oldest rookie swimmer from the United States to make the Olympics since 1908. She is youthful by every other standard, 
but she has been churning at it for more than a decade to try to represent her country at the Olympics. She has won all sorts of medals in other international competitions. The American swimmer, Ashley Twitchell, will join us in a little bit. I've been getting a lot of uh, nominees, Darren, on a day that we had Bull Durham as our classic sports movie and as we head into tomorrow's Major League Baseball trade deadline. A lot of nominees for the best quote from Bull Durham. Now, it would be painful bordering on sinful to be limited to only one great quote. I mean, lo- some might just pull out the lollygagger scene that Rocco, and he thanked us for being gentle. He, th- <laughs> yeah. he just sent his winner's email. He thanked <laughs> us for being gentle as we could have pulled the plug very quickly on anybody who hesitated when Bull Durham was the classic sports movie of the day. Would you have one? I mean, would you go all philosophical? Would you go all Crash Davis to Nuke Lelouch cliches? Would you go small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good Scots, and the rest of that one? Are you going to go, I'm just happy to be here, hope I can help the club? Are you going to go Robert Wall's candlesticks always make a nice gift? Uh, you going to go Nuke's, I want to bring the heater. Announce my presence with authority. That's classic, yeah. That might be a podium finisher. I would say a podium for me would be don't think it can only hurt the ball club. (laughs) That's one. And I don't know if I had to boil it down to one. Maybe we should have made this the question of the day. Out of 25 great quotes in Bull Durham, which one is the best quote? I think Annie Savoy at some point in there says, the world is made for those who are not cursed with self-awareness. Yeah. Man, that's a great sports quote. That's a great life quote. That's a great American society in 2019 quote. That's just damn near perfect. The world is made for those who are not cursed with self-awareness. Never bleep with a winning streak. Some athletes that I know might take that as that their favorite quote. Show us that million-dollar arm because I have a good idea about that five-cent head of yours. That's another Crash Davis classic. Uh, any more? Uh, is it, how about the one where he's talking about the one, what is it, one dying quail? Just just one looper, yep. one dying, dying quail talking each, each the, week. Talking about the, the, the nuances of a, a of baseball career average. and batting average. Right? And something that's so crucial to your success as a baseball player, but it comes down to, to tiny little details, right? And that lives into the age of analytics, right? I mean, we're not as mesmerized by the dying quails that impact your batting average well, I think, anymore, I, but I, I think it that, still matters. I think that translates to the sort of analytics age of baseball, right? Because it's because of those reasons that something like batting average is a less valuable stat to most in positions of authority in baseball now. Do you know what the only church is that truly feeds the soul day in and day out? And this is not a religious question. I'm not getting all crazy and controversial on you. It is a line from the movie Bull Durham. The only church that truly feeds the soul day in and day out is the church of baseball. The Falwell family is going to be very, very upset to hear that. Ashley Twitchell is the oldest rookie swimmer from the USA to make the Olympics since 1908. A dream that lasted for more than a decade came true earlier this month. She only recently turned 30. She will be a part of a large contingent that goes to Tokyo representing our country next summer. She and teammate Haley Anderson were actually the first two people to clinch spots 
on Team USA for next year's Summer Olympics. Formerly of Duke, still of the great state of North Carolina and the wonderful Triangle, Triangle Aquatic Center in Cary, North Carolina, Ashley Twitchell joins us next on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is at an amazing stage of her young life. Her sister just had another baby, so she's Aunt Ashley Twitchell one more time. She just qualified for the Olympics. She's been trying for a long time, but at an age I consider young, she recently turned 30. She might not even know this fact. I'm not sure. She became the oldest rookie swimmer from the United States of America to make the Olympics since 1908. She has family and friends all over North Carolina. She represents Duke University, also the Triangle Aquatic Center here in Cary is a wonderful state-of-the-art swimming facility. Ashley Twitchell, welcome to the David Glenn Show. I, I usually say, how are you? But you must be really good given what I just described. I am good. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you. Did you know that you were the oldest rookie swimmer from the United States to make the Olympics in more than 100 years? I did. I had seen that um, statistic. Uh, <laughs> someone posted it, I think, on something on social media. So I did see that. Um, and then I knew last year when I won the 5K World Championships in 2017, um, I was the oldest, I think, to win an individual gold medal at World um, Swimmer. So similar kind of statistics so it's it's weird to me because i don't feel that old yeah, right. um, in the <laughs> swimming world i kind of am but um in general for endurance sports um i think i'm really just you know you're kind of reaching your peak in your 30s so um yeah it's kind of weird to me but i guess i'll go with it it's cool well, we mere mortals do consider you a very young person at 30 years old. But, but given your long journey here, uh, A, how old do you think you were when you had an Olympic dream? And what was it that motivated you when you fell short a few times and went through shoulder surgery? You know, here you were still chasing at 30 years old, and, and now you're headed to Tokyo next summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely been a really long journey. Um, I started swimming when I was really young. I'm the youngest of four kids, and so um, my older three siblings all swam, and uh, my parents really just had to start swimming purely to be water safe. Um, I could swim before I could walk, but again, just, wow. just to be safe in the water. Yeah. Um, and I joined um, a summer league swim team when I was three, again, just because I loved it um, and nothing you know, serious. I started year-round swimming, um, I think around age seven or eight, but I also always did other sports. So my parents were really big on encouraging us to, to do um, a lot of things and kind of see what we loved. And um, it wasn't until seventh grade that I just kind of felt like I was being pulled in too many directions with, with school and sports. And so at that point I, I settled on swimming. Um, but I never, I never did doubles until I got to college, um, which I think in the long run has helped me. I feel like um, it's part of why I still love the sport and, and, I, and I never got burnt out or anything like that. And so I went to Duke University, um, graduated in 2011, and um, at NCAAs my senior year, I just felt like I wasn't really ready to be done with the sport. I, I felt like I still had more to give, and I still absolutely loved it. And so I made the decision to move out to Mission Viejo, California, and train with the Mission Viejo Nadadores out there. 
And that summer is when I made my first international team, um, so World Championships in Shanghai. And at that competition, I won my first um, international medals as well. I won a gold and a silver at that competition, or gold and bronze at that competition. Um, and then that next year, so 2012, I really narrowly missed the Olympic team, um, which was obviously really tough and really disappointing. Um, you know, it took a little bit to, to kind of recover from that. And, I, you know, I think if you had told me eight years ago that I would still be swimming at age 30 and yeah. would be, you know, have made my first Olympic team at age 30, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But <laughs> I just genuinely love the sport. Um, I love the training aspect of it. I love the, the competition aspect of it. And um, in reference to your question of when I, you know, had that Olympic dream, I think unlike um, a lot of people, I don't feel like I – that I remember I ever really dreamed of going to the Olympics as a young kid. I just, I swam because I loved it. I loved um, my teammates. I loved, you know, being with my friends in the pool and I loved pushing myself, but I never really, that I can remember was like, I, I want the end goal is to go to the Olympics one day. And I really don't think that was um, a, a, a real goal to me until um, really 2011 um, and really 2012 when I missed and when I missed making it, it was when I really had that desire of, okay, missing it hurts so bad. I, I That proved to me how badly I, I did want to make it. Um, and so it's been a long seven years since missing it for the first time, but um, I've gone through a lot of ups and downs, but I've also learned a lot about myself, and um, I feel like I persevered through a lot. Like you said, I had a shoulder surgery. So um, it's been a, it's been a long journey, but a really, really fun journey that I definitely want to change. Ashley Twitchell is joining us. You can follow her on Twitter, a twitch T W I C H. And then six, one, six, a twitch six, one, six is her handle on Twitter. Flashing back to those Duke years. I knew a lot of college mm-hmm. athletes and I, I mean, some of them would be like out partying with us on Fridays and Saturdays <laughs> and, and others were just, you know, what you eat, how you sleep, how you take care of your body, the things that you have to say no to. Um, it's kind of a serious question, but kind of half joking. When you were at Duke, d- did you like enjoy college life in the general <laughs> sense? Or do you have to be so disciplined as an elite swimmer that, you know, you're saying no 90% of the time? Um, I mean, I think I want to start off. I absolutely loved my four years at Duke. They were four of the best years of my life. I'm so, so glad I made that decision, um, to go there. And a huge reason I made that decision to go to Duke was for the balance. I felt like it would provide me in terms of the academics there, the athletics there, and then just the overall um, collegiate life and the the college experience that it provided. Um, so Swimming's a, a pretty grueling sport, um, you know, time-wise. We're in the water, you know, up, up to 20 hours a week. And so um, in terms of that, you definitely have to be disciplined and, um, you know, be getting your sleep at night, and we have doubles. So you're going to have an early morning practice um, probably four, four of the mornings of the week, maybe five. And so definitely did focus on getting a lot of sleep and being disciplined in that in that aspect. But I also really have always felt like balance is really important. And I feel like if swimming was my whole world, um, that would, that would kind of be a negative for me. And so I definitely did experience the the college life. I had an amazing team and we had, we had a lot of fun and um, the athletic community in general at Duke is really close. And so I actually worked with a lacrosse player in my first two years of school. And so became close with the lacrosse team and, um, you know, hung out with, with a lot of the other athletes, but yeah, I feel like I had a really good mix of, 
of definitely experiencing the college life, but also, um, you know, I improved every year I was at school, and we improved as a team every year I was at school and moved up in the ACC. Um, when I first went there, we only had, I think, two scholarships for the women's team, and we were competing in the ACC where almost every other team was fully funded. So um, to move up, you know, even with less money than a lot of other teams was, was awesome, and um, I'm still proud to be a, to be a Blue Devil. Ashley Twitchell is joining us. Earlier this month, she and teammate Haley Anderson became the very first qualifiers for the entire Team USA for the tw- and I mean in any sport for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, about a week ago, I saw you, you had a series of events. You even did well in the mm-hmm. 1500 free. And my question mm-hmm. to you is about your endurance because. I've had fun just as an, a little bit of an older guy just trying to do, say, you know, a triathlon where I feel like I did the bike, no problem, the running, not much problem, and then the swimming just crushes me. It, and and <laughs> I, I read that you had what? You're, 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 of course, a qualifier. You're going to compete for our country in, in the open water uh, event. Mm-hmm. But you had what? On the same day, your 1,500 free final or back-to-back after a 10K? So I read that you yeah. basically raced a combined 20K and then had to jump in for your 1500 free. Like you're starting to sound freakish here, Ashley. What, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do this? Yeah, so I did. Um, so luckily the, the first event for me was the 10K. And so that was what I went, went into Worlds with the most focus on just because it was the Olympic qualifier. Yeah. Um, so I had the 10K and then two days off and then I had the 5K. And then the next day was the team relay, team, which yeah. Um, is a yeah, which is a is a five k. So and there's four of us, so each person did um, a one point two five k. Okay. And then I had I think it was two more days off, and then I had the fifteen hundred prelims, and then the following day was the fifteen hundred final. So it was definitely a lot of swimming, um, but I love the endurance aspect of it, and so I really just tried to take it event by event. So um, try not to think too far ahead. I think that kind of would have spooked me a little bit, but just you know focused on the 10k and then once that was over um it was a little tough because of all the excitement and everything but tried to kind of move on and then focus on the 5k and so on um but yeah it is it definitely is a lot of racing it's a lot of swimming um back in 2015 i competed in the 25k at world championships so i think that gave me a, a, a that was a big confidence booster for me that you know if i can if i can do a 25k in one go i think it took about five and a half hours then um, i'm pretty prepared for for what I had to do um, over the past two weeks. Somebody once wrote a book, I think it was called The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. <laughs> like, where mm-hmm. is your brain when you're in the midst of, you know, either your 10K or those longer events? It's it just, are you focusing that whole time? Are you uh, in sort of auto mode for part of that? A, yeah, I think it depends. Marathon. I think I, I, yeah, I mean, I think I, um, it kind of depends on the race, and I think I go back and forth. But for example, for this past 10k, um, I was I was focused on the race the entire time. So I think, you know, part of it is auto mode. Um, you know, I don't want to exert all my mental energy by by constantly thinking about the race the entire two. It's a two hour race, so um, you know, try to turn off your brain a little bit. But at the same time, um, in a race like that, anyone can make a move at any point or break away, and so you do have to be kind of aware of what's going on around you and aware of where you are, the top 10, we're going to qualify for the Olympics. So kind of trying to be always be aware of, of who's in the pack and how many people are in the pack and uh, from what other countries and, and things like that. So surprisingly, the two hour race does go by 
um, pretty fast. But on the other hand, the 25K I did four years ago definitely, at least for me, did not go by fast. And I feel like I thought of everything. Like I was at that point trying to think of anything I could just to kind of get my mind off of the swimming because I was hurting so badly. And so um, kind of anything I could to, to get through that. So I think it depends on the race. But for the most part, yeah, just kind of staying focused on, on what's going on around you, especially in the open water races. So much of it is dependent on other people. It's not just your own race. So um, just trying to be aware of, of that. U.S. Olympian Ashley Twitchell is joining us. I only have about a minute for this, but, uh, of course, Duke claims you, and you just talked about how you still have plenty of love for the Blue Devils and always will. The Twitchell family claims you. The state of North Carolina claims you. As your, your platform continues to grow, It's this is going to be – we're going to start claiming you here at the David Glenn Show. Uh, also, the Triangle Aquatic Center in Cary. I mean, you swam for the Titans, right? What place did that have in your development over the years? Yeah, so I um, I grew up in New York and then went to Duke um, and then moved out to California and then moved back to North Carolina. So I've kind of been um, all over the place. But, yeah, when I moved back to North Carolina in 2013, end of 2013, uh, I started training at TAC again. Um, and then I also swam um, with UNC for a year. So, again, I've kind of been all over the place. But um, And I'm back at the Triangle Aquatic Center now with the Titans. And um, that's been great. This past year there were um, three of us who swam um, in the mornings, who so her, we're, we're post grads. Um, one of the guys represents Denmark, and one represents Puerto Rico, and then myself. And so we kind of did our own thing in the morning. So we just had a little small elite group, and then in the afternoons, for the most part, we were with the club team. So which is um, high schoolers, and so that's kind of a nice balance for me, you know, in the morning to to kind of be on our own, and then in the afternoon we have you know the fun and the energy of the of the younger kids. So it's been really good. It's been a great year, and. Um, I obviously have a ton of people to thank in getting me to this point, but yeah, they're, they're a huge part of it. All right. Last thing. I only have about 30 seconds. Can we give your brother Ryan a shout out? I don't know how many family members you have here in North Carolina, but I know he's in the music <laughs> industry around here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he makes music and uh, he's been doing it for quite a while. I'm really talented. So his Twitter account is I am Twitchell and it's T-W-I-C-H-E-L-L. So yeah, he would love that. So go give him a follow too. All right, Rockstar Ryan is at I Am Twitchell, and Ashley Twitchell headed to Tokyo next summer as a U.S. Olympian. She is at A Twitch 616, a new aunt and a new Olympian. Thank you very much for your time on the David Glenn Show, and congratulations on making your dream come true. Thank you so much. Great to have you. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to Curtis Strange on golf, Will Brinson on the NFL, U.S. Olympian Ashley Twitchell, intern Tommy with his dazzling details on the classic sports movie Bull Durham. Appreciate Philip, Will, Drew, and, of course, the producer of this show, Darren Vaught. Your TV picks tonight include a lot of really good baseball matchups, Cubs, Cardinals, 8 o'clock, MLB Network, and many more. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. 
Love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.